You're listening to Loretta Piazza, experienced school principal, mentor and coach. And together we're talking out of school. You will hear from leaders who have lived and breathed so many experiences, good and bad, agonised over decisions and have tossed and turned through countless sleepless nights. These are the people who will help you stay ahead of the game. Given a principal's heavy workload and the complexity of some of the things they have to manage on a day-to-day basis, also the constraints that exist on their time, what is it that can get them over the line? Talking to my next guest, Robin, has left me in no doubt that there is a powerful support available to our school principals. I'm also left feeling immensely confident that our schools are in good hands. Hello, Robin. Thank you for joining me in Talking Out of School. Thank you, Loretta. It's a real pleasure to be here this morning with you and, um, and I'm sure that we're going to have a lovely conversation. I have no doubt that we will. So can we start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and what it's been like for you in education all these years? Well, I've been a teacher for nearly 50 years, which in itself is amazing. I don't know where that time has gone. It seems like only yesterday I was coming out of Teachers College. And for 27 years of that, I have been a principal of an eastern suburb school and thoroughly enjoyed my time as a principal. Um, Before that, I was an AP for three years in another eastern suburb, but I've also worked extensively over in the Dandenong area. So I've done uh, quite a bit of work over in that area and then come across to the eastern suburbs. I suppose my school is in the what they call the leafy green belt, close to the Dandenongs, and um, it's a school of 753 students, and we also run a kindergarten. So we have 110 students in our kindergarten. So together we're quite a large-ish school for the area, and over 70 staff in my school altogether. And how many kids in the kindergarten actually end up enrolling at your school? About 98% of them. We don't limit where the enrolments come from from the kindergarten. Um, However, of course, as you know, schools are very heavily zoned and so we Mm. can only take those... um, children who live within our zone and they know that when they enter into the kindergarten. We do have some that actually move houses to come to the school because they want that ongoing education for their child from kindergarten into the prep foundation. But um, the other children go to um, Catholic schools in the area or private schools in the area. That was going to be my next question. What sort of uh, competition do you have with the private schools? Well, there's a lot of private schools within our area and um, we do lose some of our students at um, grade four going into grade five to the private schools around, especially if the children have outstanding NAPLAN results. Um, The private schools tend to look at those sorts of things and 
children who are very good at sports or science um, competitions, etc. So uh, has anything changed recently in terms of say fewer kids going across to the private schools, given that there's a lot in the in the media in the newspaper how our government schools hold their own and are doing very, very well. So have you noticed any sort of a difference? Yes, I have over the last oh, maybe five years. Um, parents are very wise and very capable in doing their research on schools and looking at NAPLAN results, etc. And our school holds its head up very well with the private schools in the area and, in fact, are, are better in lots of ways uh, in the NAPLAN results than some of the private schools. So we have found with the GFC and also just lately with COVID, lots of people have either reduced their hours or lost their jobs. And the private schools are extremely expensive to go to. They offer lots of, of programs outside the normal curriculum. And so parents, some of them have come across to our school because they just can't afford to keep their children in the private school um, stream. You know, I think this makes uh, for a fascinating topic and mm. maybe at a later stage I can talk to you again yes. about public versus private mm. Well, that's um, yeah. one of my favourite topics, yeah. I've got to tell you. In fact, Loretta, I have employed three teachers that have come to me from the local private schools and they're glowing of the education that we are providing and the programs that we're providing for our students in our school. And that is really comforting to hear, very comforting. Well, that actually is the perfect segue to me asking you, what do you stand for as a leader? Oh, wow, good question. <laughs> uh, I attempt always to model professionalism in everything that I do and the way that I go about my job and my interactions with my staff, with my leadership team and with the um, ES staff that we have at, at school. I try to, see, I'm using the word try. <laughs> I don't always achieve, but I try. Well, you're realistic, aren't yeah. you? And you're honest. Yeah, I have um, great empathy for other people and what they're going going through sometimes. You know, there are great challenges in teachers and staff life um, outside school. And I always try to understand where people are coming from and accommodate them and their talents. There's, there's so many talented teachers out there at the moment. I attempt to have them be their best and I try to be my best whenever I'm at school. So I suppose that's my coaching background that, that mm -hmm. assists me with that, being my best and looking for people's skills and, and making sure that they're using their skills for the betterment of the school. And I think one of the things that I stand for is not doing things for other people that they can do for themselves. And I have this saying, don't do anything for a child that a child can do for themselves because that is part of their growth and part of their learning and part of their education. So I really try to model not problem solving for others, 
but asking them, Mm. how do you think you would go about this? What do you think would be the best pathway going forward? How are we going to keep this future focus? And in some ways, it's really keeping the ship moving in the right direction. I think my role as a principal and what I try to model is looking after my staff so that my staff look after the children really well. No wonder you're such an advocate for coaching with that sort of a philosophy. But just before we go into coaching, well, you're an experienced principal and having been a principal for 27 years, you would have done a fair bit of mentoring, whether it be of your staff or, you know, an AP or or something like that. What are your experiences as a mentor of others? Well, I'm a qualified mentor through the SAGE program and um, the department has given me many principals, young principals to mentor in my 27 years. The best mentoring I think that I have done has been the mentoring just through conversations and making linkages with with others, talking to them at, at meetings, at breakfast meetings, or even at VPA meetings, etc. I learned so much from others and I try and always give of myself to those people as well. Whenever I've been on a principal panel, the new principal that has come into either the network or, or into the, the position, I've always offered to mentor them going forward and, um, you know, sharing back in the days when we had newsletters rather than just posts on on our website, you know, I would share my, my newsletter with them. I would share policies and procedures with them and talk to them about the breakdown of the senior management team of the school. I've always been confidential. I have kept information that uh, others have given me about their school to myself. I really feel that you don't know what it's like to be a principal until you're actually sitting in that seat. It's all very well looking at it from, from another vantage point. But until the buck stops with you as a principal sitting in that seat and you have the responsibility of the staff, the school, the facilities, the financial um, management, and especially the welfare and the academic gains of students, you don't know what that's like. And Mm. Some people, it really hits them as, as, oh, my goodness, I didn't realise it would be like this. But you give them six months and they're very seasoned by then. They've had a few challenges, etc. And as a mentor, I really love to see that. That's interesting because you are also an internationally accredited coach with Growth Coaching International. Mm-hmm. And the other aspect of this, which greatly interests me, which I want to talk to you about further, is the fact that you are being coached. Now, you're being coached by somebody who is not in education, who is not in our field. How is that going? Well, the coach that I have is just so skilled. And going back to the first question, I try to model 
what I expect from my staff. And I have been coaching a number of my staff and therefore it's it's fitting that I am being coached as well and that they know that I am being coached to bring out the best in me to further the school and to further my acumen as a principal, as a leader. And the questioning, etc., that is that my coach uses with me is teaching me all the time these extra questions that I can use in my own coaching or this um, way of looking at my work. It was one of the best things that I did through Basto, through the, I think it's called the Institute now. No, it's Uh, actually called the Academy. Ah, the Academy, that's right. Yes. One weekend I thought, I really need some assistance during COVID to think clearly and have clarity about how I'm going to get my students and my teachers back onto the school site successfully. And I brainstormed myself and I talked to my my senior staff, etc. And I thought, I definitely need to bring this all together. And at the moment, I need a little bit of help from a coach. And there was this coaching and I thought, I will sign up for that. And it was the best thing that I did. What are the fundamental differences between mentoring and how you operate as a mentor and the purpose behind mentoring and what you want to achieve and coaching. Maybe there's no difference. I don't know. How do you see, because you're both and and you can work within that continuum, because I know Chris Munro, the CEO of Growth Coaching, often talks about that continuum from mentoring to coaching and you can move up and down which is a quite an interesting perspective and way of looking at it. So what's your view on this? Well, I am very aware of when I am in coaching mode and when I am in mentoring mode. At the beginning of my my coaching, I would slip into mentoring all the time, you know. So is this you as the coach or you as the coachee? Me as the coach. And I see it clearly as this old adage, coaching is teaching someone how to fish so that they can fish for the rest of their life. Mentoring is giving someone a fish that they can eat and have now, a solution to a problem now, and it's my solution, not necessarily their solution. And it is adding to their learning. However, it is not adding greatly to their own learning as coaching is. I am a full addict of coaching. I just love coaching because I can see what the outcomes are for for my staff and for my, my coachees and how much they can come in such a short time in increasing their skills to problem solve for themselves. And I've had that experience, you know, when I was um, actually learning to become a coach and going through the accreditation process. Um, I was going through a number of, of issues, both in my private life with with some uh, health issues and also continuing with my principalship. And it really helped me during that time to find clarity and to move forward 
And that's the main thrust of coaching. It's what I can do, what are the next simple little steps that I can do to help me to solve this problem or to achieve the goals that I that I have set for myself. You, you were saying that when you were coaching or when you were mentoring, you know, sometimes you would be coaching, sometimes you would be mentoring. Are you always 100% understanding of what you're in, what mode you're in, or do you just do it because you've got an end goal or that's the purpose right at this moment? And then maybe reflect on it later. I'm very aware of it now. When I was a, a, a inexperienced coach, I would find myself saying, oh, well, that's easy. You could do this and this and this and this. <laughs> Which isn't coaching, oh, well, it's mentoring. <laughs> oh, well, you know, we're very good at giving advice because it, and it's hard, isn't it, to sit back and not tell the answer. But it is beautiful to see that aha moment when someone that you're coaching all of a sudden realises that, yes, they've got the skills, yes, they could do it this way or they could do it that way and this way would be a better way of doing it and my next step is this tiny thing that I can do in the next hour. It is wonderful to actually see that within the people that you are coaching and I think I just think that coaching is so much more powerful than mentoring. Uh, you can tell I'm, I'm a coaching addict. Yeah, I can. I can. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about your experiences. You know, as a principal who is being coached, what does the average session look like? So, do you do you start off with goals, or what is it that you do? Well, the the sessions that I'm actually experiencing at the moment go for an hour. And they, they start off normally with just chat. What's going on in your life at the moment? Um, what do you want to do? What are, you, what are your goals that you're setting um, looking forward? What are you finding challenged? And then it is that nitty-gritty question, what do you want to work on today? What is the best use of our time here together? And it really brings it down to very specific problems, concerns, issues or goals that I might have as a principal. Have you ever got to the end of a session and thought, wow, this was a waste of time? No, because I have a very, very skilled coach. And at the end of each session, she asks me, now, what was useful, Robin? And there are so many things that, that we have gone through that are extremely useful. And sometimes she will send me uh, articles or tell me about TED Talks or uh, things that are going to assist me in my principalship. And I find that that's after, of course, our coaching session. And I find that really powerful for my own learning. When I stop learning, I may as well not be a principal. And I'm learning so much at the moment. It's one thing that um, with COVID, my um, skills of digital technology, etc., have absolutely advanced. But, Is this um, because of coaching? No, not because of coaching, because to actually, well, yes, to do, do your job. Yeah, to do my job, I need to be skilled in WebEx and Zoom and and now we're looking at Squadcasts. So, yes, it's really quite interesting. I love learning from other people. 
So you you mentioned that in in some of your coaching sessions, it really helped you, you know, transition back to school once the kids went back to school in term four. What are some of the other achievements that you've personally had through coaching? Um, Does anything stand out as being... There is yeah. one and it's very, very personal oh, okay. um, in my personal life, but I will share it with you. At one stage, it looked, it, I had an infection that went um, uh, rampant through my leg and this was when I was doing my coaching accreditation and it looked at one stage that I would have to have my leg amputated if they could not control the infection. Goodness me. And... Um, it was a very trying time and I spent a lot of time in hospital and two operations, etc. And I was being coached all the way through this. And I tell you, the my positive attitude towards everything that was happening to me that I had no control over whatsoever, you know, it was, oh, you've got to have this x-ray, you've got to have this MRI, you've got to have this CAT scan, you, um, you know, you've got to be on 14 um, doses of 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 um, antibiotics and um, you've got to remain in hospital because it's intravenous etc the way I coped with that was through coaching myself using the coaching questions over what could I control and what can I do really help me through that period of time and so when I say I've seen the power of coaching yes I have (laughs) What it well, I mean, it was a, certainly um, a very positive outcome. And going through something personal that is so traumatic, and to be able to remain positive and to continue to engage in coaching, when I think I probably would have thought, no, nah, I'm not doing that because I've got other things to worry about. So that is a real credit to you, and it actually shows, it demonstrates very clearly what you personally believe about coaching yes that's very 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 obvious I can give you lots of examples within my school like the transition that I'm being that I was being coached for just recently it it was very successful very successful bringing the children back onto site um, facing the issues that teachers had that parents had and still have to a certain degree and ensuring that we had a safe, secure environment for everyone to come back on site where we're in our little bubbles and we've got to stay in our bubbles. And that really assisted me in going, right, we need to do this, this and this in this order if we are going to transition back into school successfully. What sort of advice would you give to other principals regarding coaching? I mean, given that you're in a network of over 50 schools, and I imagine there would be all sorts of principals, whether it be gender, experience, age. So leaving all that aside, what would you tell your colleagues? I would tell them to, if you want to be better at something or anything, get a coach. And I think there is a TED talk from the most wonderful surgeon that, and the title is, if you want to be better at something, get a coach. And I would advise them to just even do one or two coaching sessions with a coach from Basto and just 
try the clarity that it gives you moving forward and to know that there is somebody there that is confidential and of course people have people within their networks that are confidential that they can try Mm. you know um, to talk through their problems concerns or issues with but that conversation is normally a mentoring conversation oh well I'd do it this way you try this or you could do it Mm. this you could uh, access this information etc rather than coaching and building the skill of the person that is being coached so my advice to any principal whether you're a new principal or a very experienced principal try coaching Well, Robin, you're nearing the end of a long and fabulous career in education. What is the new chapter in your life? What's it going to look like? Oh, yes. Um, I would like to continue with my coaching and I would like to be useful, maybe volunteer work, I do some volunteer work now for Monash Medical Centre and for Marine Care, so I'd like to advance that. I think for the first three months, though, I'll just sleep, <laughs> which is, um, yes, just catch up on the sleep that uh, that sometimes uh, goes awry when you're a very, very busy principle and, you know, addressing what you need to address on a day-to-day basis, and we're all busy, busy people in schools nowadays. Aren't we just? Mm. Well, I've just got to say, Robin, thank you very much. You know, your passion for coaching, but not look, not just for coaching, but whether it be mentoring and the leader that you are, it is just so obvious. Now, I have the privilege of being able to see you during this interview, which our listeners won't, but I can just see that passion come through your eyes and, you know, through your body language and your voice too, Mm -hmm. of course. So thank you very, very much. And I really do wish you all the best as you transition to something perhaps a little bit more, you know, less focused on, you know, the day-to-day accountability issues that principals deal with, but being able to do something that you really, really love. Mm -hmm and have that balance once again in your life and put your health first. Thank you, Loretta. I'm really looking forward to not focusing on the toilets and the leaks in the roof (laughs) um, and just really looking at um, doing a little bit of coaching to assist people in their roles within schools. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Talking Out of School where we cover topics and dilemmas associated with the ups and downs and even the downright curious of the school leader's job. Want to know more? Then visit me at shapingleaders.com.au. But for now, here's to staying ahead of the game.